Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences. So there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? UFC 284 is officially in the books. And we are here to recap all the action, including a classic main event between Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. Close competitive fight. In the end, Makachev gets it done via unanimous decision. Yaya Rodriguez, a career performance to win the interim featherweight title. Jack Della Maddalena is for real, for real. And Alexander Volkanovsky, his stock rose even in defeat. And we have a lot to digest following UFC 284. So thank you for joining us on this live post-fight show. I am Mike Keck. Joining me, Shaheen Alshadi once again. There he is. And Jed Mishu, the man who began the festivities, began the talking with a fiery take. And we're going to start right there, Jed Mishu, because people's pre-fight show, I introduced you and you said, I have a take, Mike. I've been waiting to get this off my chest. I've been saying a lot of things that people have been not very agreeable with. And then you dropped something to the effect of Islam Makachev is just going to dump truck Alexander Volkanovsky tonight. He is just going to dump truck him. He's going to run him over. This fight will not be competitive in any way. And turns out we got a very competitive fight. Islam Makachev did win. But Volkanovsky proved that he could hang, and it was a very fascinating fight in the end. So I guess my question to you is, what would you like to say? Explain for yourself. yourself. Explain yourself, Jed. I love this. Holding Jed accountable right away. I'm super here for this. Look, I'll start by saying hand up. I was wrong. I felt so good about that statement after round <laughs> one. I was like, oh, this is it. Because I didn't say that he was going to like completely – destroy him in a way that is on but it was like it's going to be like the Oliveira fight where he is going to win every moment of this and it, it's just going to be one-way traffic and I, frankly round one I was like feeling pretty good about that because the moment they engaged like the moment that contact was made Islam got his chain off he got to position uh Volk went to the cage 
He wrestled him down. He did a, a did a weave, got the arms, got position, took it, held the back, threatened chokes. It's like that that first round was exactly what I thought the fight was going to be like. I just thought it would repeat until such time as Makachev got the finish, and it didn't. And that's a full credit to Alexander Volkanovsky, who made a really good adjustment. He fought the hands a lot better. He didn't concede the positions at all once once those engagements started happening. He really made sure to not let the leg entanglements for Makachev get him down, like to to continue that progression. And he was able to turn and and do the thing that I didn't think he could do, which he wasn't able to do at two points in the fight that ultimately hurt him tremendously in this fight. So I was totally wrong in the fact that Volk showed up and was like, oh, I, I can do this and and showed that he has the capability. We'd never seen anyone do it before, and I didn't think it could happen. Full credit to Alexander Volkanovsky. Still wasn't enough, though, Mike. Still taking that L because the lightweight champion has a name, and it's Islam Makachev. Let's go, baby. There you go. Shaheen, a lot a lot to take away from this main event. It's become very divisive, which I didn't think it would be. I thought we were at all— Shocking. And I know this is the, I know this is the MMA community. I thought, for once— the vast majority of people would just celebrate this fight for what it was a very competitive <laughs> fight, very compelling. And that both guys stocks rose. We got everything we could have wanted out of this main event. This is the best case scenario for everybody. Cause most people thought Makachev would win. A lot of people thought he, he, I don't know if they would win as far as what Jed said, but they thought Makachev would convincingly win this fight. And Volkanovsky had his moments. And like I said, before we went, and hit record here and went live. If one of the judges scored that fight 48, 47 for Volkanovsky, it would not have shocked me in the slightest. So what was your biggest takeaway from all of this? Was it Volkanovsky is just the dude? Is it Makachev is tough as hell? Did, what was the biggest question you got answered tonight? Biggest takeaway is tough because to me, there were a lot, this was a very multifaceted sort of takeaway situation from this fight, right? Cause so much happened. So, so many expectations were, were surpassed. I mean, it was frankly just the best fight we might see in 2023. I don't know. Obviously it's early, but certainly the front runner, but biggest takeaway for me is just how can you not come away from that fight? Ridiculously impressed by Alexander Volkanovsky. Right. Like, like how, where else could we even start? Because what, what a fighter, what a man, what a champion. Like if you watched that main event and came away, anything less than amazed by the talents of who we have as the featherweight King at this point, like, I just don't know if we can agree on what we're watching because that man was, was doubted at every turn coming into this fight. It was not supposed to be a competitive fight as Jed made very clear in everything <laughs> that he said, in the lead up and then again today. And it was so competitive. It was incredibly competitive. It was by far the most fun super fight we have ever had in UFC history. We've had seven of these. Now these champion versus champion fights. This was easily the most competitive wildest swings of back and forth momentum that we have seen of any of the seven so far. And this stat alone, um, that says it for me. I mean, right? You coming into UFC 284, Charles Oliveira was the one who had landed the most significant strikes on Islam Makachev more than anyone else had in the UFC throughout that seven, eight year run Islam's been on. And his tally was 19 significant strikes. That was the most anybody had landed. Volkanovsky blew that number out of the water. He put up 70 on Islam. He put up 164 total strikes on Islam. He showed off better defensive chops than anyone really has against this Dagestani wrestling assault, just period, generally. Uh, I think he just blew away every expectation that 
almost all of the smartest people I, I know in this sport had for him. He dared to be great, and he came out of this night looking better than ever before. And, you know, anyone who's dinging his stock at this point, like, y'all can miss me with that. You guys can kick rocks because I think there's a very – there's a very real question now, at least in my mind, of like what does pound for pound actually mean, right? Because I have Islam now as my number one pound for pound. I don't know that I feel great about it because in my mind, I feel like I just watched the best fighter in the world and his name was Alexander Volkanovsky. And like you put that by pride rules, Alexander wins that fight. You give it another round or two, I think Alexander probably wins that fight. He felt like he had a lot more left in that tank at the end of that fight. I don't know, man. I come away ultimately, my number one takeaway – all credit to Islam. I mean, we could talk a ton about Islam today, but my number one takeaway is, my God, Alexander Volkanovsky is damn good at this sport. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but I'm glad the fight played out exactly the way that it did because I had questions and I had things that I wanted to see on both sides, and I feel like I got everything that I needed. Uh, wanted to see what Volkanovsky would do in tough spots. I wanted to see what Makachev would do in tough spots because – I wanted to see what, how the fight IQs would play out over time, and we haven't really been able to see that with Makachev because he's just been able to use it right away and been so dominant that he hasn't had to make any adjustments in a fight, really. And tonight he got to do it, and it was awesome. And Volkanovski proved his medal on the ground and w- with takedown defense and landing strikes, and, and Makachev showed a lot with his striking as well. So, Jed... Coming away from this, outside of you know you putting your hand up and admitting you were wrong, but Makachev won. What was the biggest thing you took away from this fight? Like next week, when someone asks you about that fight that they didn't watch, that they missed out on because Conor McGregor wasn't in it, what was the biggest thing that you took away from it? These are the two best fighters in the sport. It was billed as such coming in. I think it's true. Uh, Islam Makachev is never going to get his due from this fight, and that's okay. That's sort of the calculus right he he is fighting the smaller man and so by definition everyone is going to rate what he accomplished less it is um it's that's a very weird dichotomy going on there though with all of the people who have nothing but praise for volkanovsky rightfully so you should praise that performance. It was unbelievable. Even in, even in failure, it was a great, great effort. Tremendous performance. He showed a ton, really well-schooled, all the things you would hope to see from the best fighter in the world fighting the other best fighter in the world. But at the end of the day, Islam Makachev will not get the credit he deserves for also doing all the same stuff because of the narrative before the fight and because he's the bigger dude and because the narrative before the fight was he's going to take him down and kill him and that's just going to run uh, and that's it and i was part of making that narrative i was gonna say the narrative set forth by you woman no well i didn't set it forth i was part of it many people set fair. forth that narrative fair, fair, but fair. because that narrative is the narrative when when volkanovsky is able to defend against that even though he did give up like eight minutes of control time and had his back taken, like he, but he was able to not succumb. That the story is that instead of guys, I don't, I don't know if we're, I don't know if people are ready to hear this. Um, Islam Makachev just outstruck Alexander Volkanovsky for most of that fight, and it was not, it was not pretty. I'm not here to tell you it was like some classically beautiful thing, but Casey and I were talking during the post-fight presser. He Makachev won because of both parts of the game. 
But if he doesn't have either, it doesn't work. And he sat Volk down a couple of times. He continually caught Volk coming in with that left-hand counter. Islam Makic had more success than Max Holloway did on the feet against Volkanovski. Max Holloway is largely considered one of the best strikers in the UFC and MMA. Best boxer in the UFC, baby. And Islam did much, much more on the feet against against Volk than he did. And he's never going to get the credit for that. And that's okay, but I do want to say we should all respect the hell out of what Islam did just as much as we should respect what Volk did. We should just respect that this was a kick-ass fight between the two best guys in the world. Which, I, I again, I didn't think that's what we were going to get. It was awesome that we did. Not at all what I envisioned, but these guys are, I think, head and shoulders above everybody else right now. Yeah, and – the big one of the things for me was for Volk to win this fight, and I thought he was going to be competitive. I thought this fight was going to play out pretty similar, where we could be looking at like I, I didn't think it was two two heading into the fifth, but it could possibly be two two heading into the fifth. And I was curious to see how that fifth round would play out. And Volkanovski went out there and, and won that fifth round. But to me, Volk, I thought Volk had to be picture perfect to win this fight, and it probably proved true. I think Volk's going to go back and watch that one, and he even admitted after the fact, like he made some mistakes. He knew exactly where he made them without even watching tape, and Islam didn't have to be perfect to win this fight, and that showed as well. So, Shaheen, I, I, where do we go with Makachev? Like, it's clear where Volkanovski is going to go. He's going to fight Yair Rodriguez, and we'll get to Yair's performance and why that fight is a little bit is actually probably much more compelling than it was six hours ago, but where does Makachev go? Because in a meritocratic fair world, Benny Dariush is getting pulled out of any sort of negotiation to fight Charles Oliveira. They're just going to sit him back for that. I actually don't know if that's going to happen or maybe Makachev took enough damage where we can have some fights, let this division sort of play itself out a little bit and see if somebody emerges. But like, what does he do now? Does he just kind of sit and wait and see how this division unfolds? Or do you just pull Dariush out of any sort of Oliveira equation? Or do you think the UFC will do UFC things and go with the guy who would probably sell a few more pay-per-views, maybe a Dustin Poirier or something like that? It's a good question. And I think it's one that's going to be an interesting topic to just generally discuss over the next few days. Um, also, but but first, though, I do want to echo what Jed said because I think it is important, right? I think it is important to give Islam Magachev his flowers for this fight because it doesn't feel like he's going to get them, and it doesn't feel like he's getting them right now. And I, I want to just state for the record, this man defeated Alexander Volkanovsky. Like just ten that years alone. Ten years that man never lost. Twenty-two fights, and we just acting like nothing. Just acting like it's not a big deal. Dude beat Alexander Volkanovsky, and he he legitimately beat him. Like people can be crying robbery scorecards, whatever. I had it three-two for Makachev. It's not a robbery. That's stupid. I had it three-two for Makachev. That's that to me was the right scorecard. You can take nothing away from this man because that is one hell of a feat, and there is no hyperbole you can put on it that's too much like that cannot be an understated feat that you again he defeated alexander volkanovsky and he looked he looked incredible frankly for most of this like he was showing sides of his game that i i did not expect it i didn't know he had as jed was saying his striking was phenomenal for like most of this fight obviously he gets knocked down at the end in round five but up until that point, he was winning the striking battle with alexander volkanovsky and that round four level change he had which actually really basically kind of swung the fight right because if he doesn't win round four and he doesn't get that level change he doesn't win that fight on the scorecards 
that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in the cage. Like that was just utterly gorgeous. That was George St. Pierre in his prime. Like Islam Makachev has made this lightweight division, his own personal play thing for basically seven years at this point. And man, I don't, it's hard after what we just watched to see anyone out there who's going to give him a more well-rounded or more hard fought fight than, than Alexander Volkanovsky just gave him on Saturday Ooh. night with, with the tools that Volkanovsky gives him. I think Benil Daryush, as you said, Mike, he's I'm probably the best chance. so excited about that fight. He, that is to me is probably the best one out there for Islam in terms of really tough matchups. You, you look at that mix of just the same type of grappling savagery that Benil has, and then also the power that he brings and sort of the wildness to a stand-up game. I could see that being a really fun fight, uh, and just some of those transitions and scrambles. How does he deal with the wrestling? Because it does kind of feel too. I saw Casey. You say this on the on the post-fight presser, uh, or maybe it was Jed. It was one of you guys? Um, it, does, it does kind of feel like the game is maybe catching up a tiny bit to this Dagestani form of wrestling. Not a lot because it's still so overpowering and it's still proving to be very successful, but it does feel like people are figuring out a tiny bit and I would love to see how Benil goes against that. But man, you just got to remember that like the lightweight title consecutive defense record is like three, right? Like we just, Islam just got one. Number one's in the books. Third of the way there. He's a third of the way there. And like to me, that was probably the hardest one he's going to get unless you throw Dariush in there. And it seems like the UFC is hell-bent on not giving Dariush a title shot. So it feels like we might just be at the beginning of a record-breaking title run that we're about to see. Um, to answer your initial question, Mike, I think Dariush should get it. I don't know if he will. Like you said, I think the Dariush Oliveira fight is probably what's going to happen. Maybe the winner of that will get it. But also there's just generally some weird stuff in the air. And who knows if somehow this drags on long enough to where Michael Chandler or Conor McGregor can sneak in there because that's what the UFC does. So this whole division is messy right now. It doesn't make a lot of sense with where which direction this is going to go. Uh, but in a just world, it should be Benil Daryush because that to me is the fight now. That is the one I am most interested in seeing how Islam matches up with Benil Daryush because this otherwise this division just looks like everyone else is competing for second place. Dude, especially after that fight, too. That was the thing I was saying on the presser. Like, I think people are catching up uh, to to the you know, Dagestan Sambo because that's how the sport works. You see dominant fighters get by doing the same things. They don't, like, overhaul their style, and it takes a while, but more and more people see it. There's more tape. They figure out new ways to attack it, et cetera. And then that all just becomes a thing. So I think that's definitely happening because you take Habib and Makachev. They've been at the top for a, close to a decade. People are going to adapt and overcome. When we saw Volk make those adapt, uh, adaptations in this fight, and Benil Darius watched that fight or is going to watch it tomorrow if he was asleep, and he is going to look at the success that Volkanovsky had with uh, fin like fighting the hands uh, when they were in those transitions – how he was able to go to the cage, which is where that, that style succeeds so well from a chained attack, uh, and turn his body in and get the position there and think, I can replicate those things. Volk didn't do anything that no one else could do. He just did it because no one else could do it, if that makes sense. like Other people are physically capable of, of combating in the same way. I think Dariush has got some some new tools in the in the belt now for this. I I want that fight so bad. Do the thing, Benil. Do the thing. <laughs> do also, the thing. Do the thing. I I think it's okay to do Benil Charles Oliveira. They shouldn't. They should just pull Benil and do it because he deserves a title shot. But I think Benil beats Charles Oliveira, and then this becomes like a tier one elevated event when it's when it's that. 
But I completely agree with both of you. Islam Makachev deserves credit for this performance. It was a hard, grizzled fight. And I saw some people being like, well, you're swayed by the crowd. It wasn't as good as... I'm telling you right now, that fight is going to age like a fine wine. It may not be the fight of the year this year, but like three, four, five years down the line, we're going to look very... We're going to look back fondly on this one. And especially when we look at the legacies of these two guys and what we learned about each of them in this fight... It's going to age very, very well. So maybe you're mad that Volkanovski didn't win. You wanted to see a historical moment. You wanted to see something really cool happen. And that's that's great. That's sports. We want to see that happen. But in the end, both guys deserve their flowers. Islam Makashev deserves his. He won the fight. He dug deep when he needed to and got the job done. He's the lightweight champion of the world. And in my rankings, he will be the number one pound-for-pound fighter in my rankings. I thought about it. I think it's going to be – it's it's a – like Sean and Jed both talked about, it's going to be something we have to think about. Maybe we're not all that confident. Plus, when John Jones fights March 4th, if he goes out there and just runs over Cyril Gaon, that's another interesting name in the conversation. But right now, Islam Makachev, you said at the post-fight press conference, you're the best fighter in the world. And right now, February 12th, 2023, you are the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world in my book. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Volkanovsky. Great fight. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. And congratulations, Shaheen Alshadi, to Yair Rodriguez, because I don't know what he was eating and drinking in <laughs> Perth, Western Australia this week, but whatever he did, he needs to keep doing it because that was an incredible performance. And I want to give Josh Emmett a lot of credit too, because he took some vicious shots early and often. He got kicked in the body over and over again. And Yair just kept it coming. And Josh Emmett, to his credit, fought his ass off and tried to stay in this thing. In the end, Yair was just too much. And he looked spectacular, Sean. 
you watch the fight with us during the watch party. A few hours later, how do you look back on this performance from Yair Rodriguez? Because I think this man just just broke out altogether. No, absolutely. Absolutely, Mike Heck. And I, I want to get to that, but really quickly, just one last point on Volkanovsky, uh, the main event be, that, that I want to get out there before we move on. Because to me, this Perth crowd, can we talk for a second just about this Perth crowd? Because this Perth crowd was unbelievable tonight. This they they made this fight, this main event feel as properly big and gigantic as it was as it should have felt. The the swings of momentum, all of it, they were riding and dying with the whole thing. If the UFC does not take Alexander Volkanovsky back to Australia, what are we even doing at this point? Because that man felt like a superstar tonight. He felt like the like the biggest star in the sport tonight amongst that crowd. And if you do not take advantage of that every time out at this point and capitalize on what you clearly have here, like what are we doing here? Try to promote this a little bit because that guy has to fight in Australia again. Whatever, whether whether you know it's the next fight against Yair or whatever, you just have to bring Alexander Volkanovsky back to Australia. That was tremendous tonight. When we get in all these apex events every single week, and it's just this dead dead and environment sterile environment you get something like tonight and it brings you back alive it, you, it really does man like this was special that this crowd tonight um for yair i think we just watched this man level up right like i think we just watched this man level up in a real major way to me this was a special performance like this was a the type of performance almost like we had been just waiting on for this guy because it, it was it almost felt like a culmination of something in a weird way right because he's not he's not there right he's not at the final step there's still one more step to go but you just think about the journey we have been on with Yair, the journey he's been on. I don't know that there's a weirder journey that you can really point to in this division because this guy comes out of the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. He's the first winner of the Ultimate Light of Fighter Latin America. And he has all this incredible promise. And then these past six years have just been utterly bizarre, right? Like every single step of the way, not one of them has been normal to a, in a real way, right? He suffers the big blowout loss in 2017. It's like almost like a come to Jesus moment against Frankie Edgar. Kills off every ounce of hype he has at that point. Gets cut in 2018 for like half a second because all this drama around the Zabit fight, whether he'll take it or not. Pulls off the flukiest of fluky victories ever, uh, where he's one second away from losing against Chan Sung Jung, wastes all of 2019 on this very weird Jeremy Stevens saga, then wastes all of 2020 on injuries and this really silly, silly, like USADA whereabouts suspension. Only fights once in 2021. It's the Max Holloway fight where, you know, that's a really competitive fight. I think it surprised people with how competitive it was, but it still felt like he was not at the level that people thought he would be. And then we saw the 2022 with this nothing fight against Brian Ortega that lasts all of four minutes and just ends with a fluky injury. And through it all, we just, it felt like we never saw him reach that peak that, or that maybe not that peak, but that point that we all projected for him, right? That point where he's just this incredible world beating fighter. And it felt like it. It felt like it finally kind of came out on Saturday. Like this was the best possible version of Yair Rodriguez we had ever seen. He was so dynamic. He was so fast in there, so creative. He's so big for this division. He was just so dangerous. Like everything he was throwing at Josh was was mean, man. It was absolutely mean. The only reason we even did this event or at least to me, the only reason I was on board with UFC 284's main event was because Featherweight didn't make sense at the current moment we made it, right? Like there was not an actual contender for Alexander Volkanovsky. So this made sense. Hey, go do this while we figure out like a real fight for you. We got one now, man. We got one now. Like Yair Rodriguez is that guy. He he distinguished himself. He has established as himself as that guy. I am so supremely interested now in seeing the version of Yair we saw 
tonight go against the version of, of Volk we saw tonight. Like that is a crazy matchup. And I love it. Like we have been waiting for this for so long for year, and it finally happened for him. And man, it was impressive. It was really, really impressive. Yeah, he he looked good. And and Jed, I think on paper, a lot of us picked the result. We all felt like Yair had the makings of a guy who'd go out there and finish Josh Edmund, that he was gonna go out there and win this fight. And he went out there and finished. But I I think he exceeded everybody's already lofty expectations for this fight. And I know we talked about on the pre-fight show that if Yair did this, that, and if Josh, if he could thwart off Josh Emmett's wrestling throughout and be able to work off his back and create some opportunities for himself, that this fight with Volkanovsky, if it happens, becomes much more interesting for you. Did that even exceed those expectations? Did this Yair performance actually exceed the expectations that you had heading in for a potential fight with Volkanovsky with the, how he actually looked tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm more interested, and I was already very interested. Um, this is – I don't know. I don't even want to pick that fight right at this point. I'm just sort of tired of it. But this is why I'm totally okay with you just fighting the dudes in your weight class because if – if Volk and Yair fought tonight, that fight would have kicked all of the ass. Volk probably wins because Volk's maybe the best fighter in the whole wide world and maybe the best fighter he's ever been. But that fight would have ruled because Yair is fun and dynamic and an interesting, different kind of challenger for Volk. And now we are going to get it, and it's going to be awesome when it happens. And it that was as good as Yair could have looked. So now let, let's see. I... I'm going to pick Volk whenever they do fight, but I got to say, man, Yair is presents some real, real stuff there. He has the chaos clause in him. That is a very necessary tool when you're fighting control merchants like, you know, Islam, like Volk. And it is that because that man is is lunatic. He had Joshua <laughs> hurt to the body and was like spinning attack into flying knee. That's the combo right now. And lands it and then Emmett just wears it and dumps him after it. And then we get the finishing sequence. That guy is crazy and it's awesome. I can't I hope he fights more. He is consistency has been tough for him. Uh but yes, give me Volkanovsky and look. They should take Volk back back to Australia because that, that crowd was dynamic. It was awesome as everything. But if you're telling me we can get Volkanovski versus Yair and Brandon Moreno versus Ali Pants 3 in Mexico City, sign me up, baby. So I, I will pay all the money, all of the money for that event in that atmosphere, even at elevation, which is something I don't really love about fights when they happen there. That is that is an electric atmosphere that I would be super down for. We talked about this, Shaheen, that we felt Josh Emmett had the most to lose on this entire card because it took him a long time to get to a title fight. He'd been calling for it forever since before the Jeremy Stevens fight. And that was a long ass time ago he's been calling for a title shot. So like five, six years later, he finally gets himself in a title fight. And this happens. And a lot was made about the weight cut and how he looked after the fact. I just don't know where he goes from here, Shaheen. Like, wh where does Josh Emmett go? Does Is he just kind of in fun fight territory? Just take what you can get? Does he move up? But he's already small at 45. Like, 
it's he's in a tough spot right now. I I feel for the man. He fought his ass off tonight. Yair is just on on one. There's nothing he can do. I mean, I don't I don't know that moving up is a real option for Josh Emmett, right? Like we've seen the weight cuts really really difficult for that man. He just doesn't have the body for for 155. Like his physical yeah. frame, I do not think would hold up against a lot of those guys. You put him up against Islam, like. We all know what's going to happen there. Um, I mean, where does he go? It kind of feels like, sorry to say, like this, is, this was the one Do shot. It. Some people just get one shot, and this was this was Josh's one shot. He's 37 years old. He he's really old for the for the lighter weight classes. Like you do not find success in the lighter weight classes deep into your your late 30s. Like that's just not a thing that generally happens ever throughout the history of this sport. Man, you throw him against Movsar and Vloyev. You give him against no. Ilya Teporia, like you give that's him one the of those one. guys. That's give him the one ticket. Like, that's it. That's what. That's unfortunately what Josh's lot is probably going to be at this point, right? Like, think about the Ilya fight. Become think think about that fight. Become for just the gatekeeper for this incredible crop of of hyper violent talent that's coming up at one forty five. Like that's sort of it. The Ilya fight, I love it. Like that's that's exactly the type of fight Ilya needs. That's exactly the type of fight Ilya deserves. Uh, and unfortunately, that's kind of just what happens when you're in a, a fighter in Josh's spot. You, you get this shot. It doesn't work out. You got to go to the back of the line. You got to defend your spot against the young killers coming up. And there are a lot of young killers coming up at 145. Never in the history of this sport will we see two men simply throw harder punches than Josh and Ilya Tapuria. Talking... <laughs> <laughs> just swings from the back hip and they get a whole 180 degree turn. Just every punch is a hurricane. That's the only fight to make at this point, Mike. Give me my ot no point. We have to go to Boria next. Yeah, I think you're going to be sharing that on no point with about 18 million other MMA fans <laughs> that's, out there. That's fine. I will also be sharing a wonderful night of watching the hardest punches thrown in history. If we could find a way to capture the energy that those two men throw off their body when they tornado into somebody <laughs> with all of the vengeance of a thousand suns, we could power the world forever. <laughs> I can't. I, I listen. I can't wait till the, they're chucking Deschambeaux at each other over and over again. It's going to be a lot of Dude, fun. Josh Emmett's swings in this fight were incredible, especially when he like, every ounce of himself, every single ounce. He like for like a half second was like, "I'm going to try and fight smart," and then he got kicked in the body. And was like, "Nope, just home <laughs> runs, baby. Everyone, we're going for the fences, yard." <laughs> Yeah. He's Adam Dunn, man. He's Adam Dunn. Strikeouts or home runs. That's where it's going, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love Him that. Him versus yeah, Rob my Deere. everything. That's, that's fun. I think you sold the He's world so on anybody who was doubting that one. Uh, Jimmy Crude, Alonzo Manafield, fun fight to start the main card. They fight to a draw. Kind of an unfortunate start, uh, but it was fun as hell. Justin Taffa knocks Pacaporta out of title contention probably forever. But I do want to talk about... <laughs> Knocks Jack Della knocks him out of title contention. That's being real generous, Mike. Real generous. <laughs> I know. Come on. He's he's our hero, and we 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 wanted better for him. But uh Jack Della Madalena, Shaheen Al Shadi. This guy's Ooh. the real real, is he not? What a performance. Ooh. My goodness, this man is for real, Mike. For real, real. Uh yeah, no one does that to Randy Brown. Like, like no one's ever done that to Randy Brown. Like he's gotten finished. 
but he's never gotten finished that fast. Like Jackie, Jackie three names is just out of control with how, how good he's been so far in the UFC, right? Like this is four fights in a row now, four first round stoppages. And like, it's starting to be against really good competition. And that's the type of fight. That's the type of special performance that we saw tonight that elevates you instantly into that. You like, you take that elevator right to the top 15 matchups. Like you do not have to do the thing where we waste our time giving you five different matchups, seven different matchups to see if you're ready for the top 15. Like, nah, he's going to be fighting a top 15 guy next and he should be. And I'm so hyped for it. Like I don't, I wouldn't put him yet. Like, cause 170 is an interesting spot, right? Where there's a lot of old war horses sort of mulling about the top milling around still kind of waiting for their their first or second or third shot and this is a log day jam division for the most part for for a while now uh, but then also you just have this other side of this division where you got the shaft you got the hamzat and now i put i throw madalena in that in the same group i wouldn't put him quite yet with those two those two to me are still at a level above but i have all the confidence in the world tonight that he can reach that type of level. Like this was a, a statement victory if I've ever seen one. And I am so in on this guy. This guy is hyper violent. And, and man, if I'm at 170, if I'm one of those old war horses at 170, I am not trying to fight that man. Absolutely not. But I, but I'm not. And so, Hey, hook me up with Vicente Luque versus him, because that just sounds delightful. I need to see that tomorrow. That is the fight. That is absolutely the fight. But Jed, Jack Della Maddalena. Doing the damn thing. I, I I feel like they – and I don't give the UFC a ton of credit when it comes to building prospects, but I think when it comes to JDM, I think they've done a pretty damn good job. I think he's ascended at the right rate. Game Randy Brown, I thought it was a great matchup for both guys, almost perfect matchmaking. And JDM passed the test with flying colors. So, yeah, I mean, what else can you say about the man? I'll, I'll let you try. Man, you guys, you guys are just going to leave it out there. JDM is an enemy of the state. What are we doing? Going for a submission finish when everyone and their mother had the KO prop and you're just going to break out BJJ for no reason? What are we doing here? You make that man flare flop and then you go for the club and sub? That's not part of your game. That's never been part of your game. You're ruining me and all the people who were betting on first round KO absolutely devastating loss in that regard yeah good performance uh, top 10 fighter whatever think of the people jack think of me you didn't do that <laughs> he's got to give you more to think about man he's throwing you off the scent now you don't know which well, no way he's that gonna makes go. it he's harder gonna zig, he's gonna zag yeah what are you gonna do next time you don't know i will now i can't bet on him the easiest bet's just been like i don't know JDM round one KO. He just keeps doing it. I'm going to do that until it doesn't happen. And then I was like, Oh, it's about to happen again. Look, this man fell over. He's done it. And then, then we get that. We get the choke. What the nonsense nonsense is what I say. Chad, after like Loma, lost a lot of money on this. Chad, after Loma, <laughs> after Loma, look a tough gambling yeah, after Loma, look boomy German suplex, Elise Reed into submission. That was, that was sick. I mean, nothing could have surprised you after that. I'm not saying, like, I think most of us expected Loma to win that fight. And after seeing how the first takedown attempt went in the first round with Elise, we're like, oh, boy, this was not a good idea. And then she goes right back to the well and taps her. Not a lot of people saw that coming. So this was just one of those nights where the results and the winners were not all that surprising. (laughs) We had a butt KO. So, yes, it was a very weird night. Chaos Claws was in full effect after that suplex. It (laughs) It really was. Jimmy Crude and Alonzo uh, Minifield yeah. went to a decision. 
a decision. An awesome I decision. An it was awesome a great decision. fight, but I would have bet like naming you all year. I would have bet like naming rights on my kid that that fight is not going to the cards because <laughs> I've seen both men fight before, and somehow it did. Like the whole the whole chaos was in effect tonight. It made it really fun. So we- I, I want to ask you guys this. I, I want to go back to just real quick on that fight. What did you think of the of Mark Goddard taking a point there? Love it. You Love loved it. it? Love it, man. Come on. That's the rules. Yeah. Referee actually enforced the rules. Like, this is crazy talk. I know it's it's really hard to see that sometimes and you rarely ever see it. But come on. Referee enforced the rules. Like, that's great. That's absolutely great. Just because we're in the middle of absolute total carnage chaos doesn't mean the rules don't still matter. Like, come on. It's great. You got to you gotta love it. No, I... Yeah, and no, I'm only asking because I kind of because we're doing the watch party, and sometimes you miss these things. And it like from I saw it like the last second, and it didn't look like from what I saw that Menafield actually grabbed the fence. So I was kind of puzzled by it, and they didn't really go back and show a replay of it. So I didn't really know what happened there. And there were other fence grabs that didn't get called. There were multiple kicks to the ding ding. It was a painful night for a guy watching fights tonight. No doubt about that. But I was curious if, what you guys thought of the fence grab because even seeing it on Twitter, some people were okay with the point but not the position change and all that stuff. Like you you can only go certain directions. So what did you think of how Mark handled that, Jed? Did he, did he do it right? It's the right call. Um, I have long been of the opinion that fence grab is the easiest penalty to account for. Uh, you don't penalize, you don't give a point, you just give a position. Like it, it would be very easy for Mark Goddard to have stopped the fight and been like, hey, so you grabbed the fence and that tangibly affected what would happen. We're going to go down. You're going to take full guard top position fr- from the floor and we will continue from there. And that way you're not giving up a point in a way that feels, but you are correcting the error. Uh, that has always seemed very obvious and the fact that it's not common, like it, it's not the protocol is weird, but it's not the protocol. And so that's fine. I think that that is a totally okay point. Fair enough. Did, did you agree with the bonus structure tonight, Shaheen? I felt there's some sure. We mentioned Loma Lukbumi. We had a freaking butt KO, a butt KO. And we, we saw the gate numbers, record gate for all of Australia. And Australia's sports arena record was set tonight. And we did the usual fight of the night, two performance bonus thing. I think we could have gone a little bit more all out, right? Like, what's going on here? I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, right? Like, we all know it's ridiculous at this point. I I, I echo the thoughts of Coach Eric Nixick, one of the best coaches in this game, one of the best minds in this game. He tweeted tonight, um, I think the gate was 5 million or 6 million. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, he tweeted tonight, like, you're looking at a five, six million dollar gate and you're, you're passing out 200 grand worth of bonuses. Like, come on, man. The, the, the move has obviously been to go to finish bonuses. We should have done this a long time ago. Go to finish bonuses. It incentivizes finishing. It incentivizes more exciting fights. You're, you said it, I think one of you two said it before uh, we started this preview show when we were just talking amongst each other. But like we handed out the same amount of bonuses for this historic, incredible sellout type of card that you would hand out next week for you know this one fight apex card like there's something wrong with that yeah pretty bad jet right for sure also i know that this is a dumb argument to make but all of the jack della madalena stuff the jokes in case people those the comments aren't aware aside that 
that wasn't one of the best performances. It should have gotten a bonus, and I'm cool with it. But like, you're you're telling me Justin Taffa's freaking sick counter KO, like a, a walk off, by the way, and the dope ass line, which we need to give the shout out for of he reach I teach. Like that was a sick sick line paired with the walk off KO. Luma Luke Bonmi doing that the butt KO like. JDM is dope and cool, but his finish, while also dope and cool, was like the fourth best one on this card. So, dude, Jimmy Crew probably lost on. like a year off his career tonight and didn't even get like a bonus for it. Like, come on, man. Like, that dude yeah. went through hell and back and he didn't get a bonus for it. Like, what are we even doing at this point? Yeah. Very weird. Very, very weird. Uh, what are you going to do? Josh Kulabau had a nice submission after. One of the aforementioned kicks of the Bing Bing. Clayton Rodriguez has a sub one minute knockout. Amy Malarkey fought a smart technical fight, which didn't expect that happening against a guy like Francisco Prado, but it was a very smart decision. And yeah, it was really what a lame, story. Man. Yeah. That fight, yeah, was, I, I, that I fight could have been fun. And Jamie Malarkey was like, no fun will be had, sirs. I will say, though, he calls, out, he calls out Patty afterwards. Feels like an actually a decent call out because he's kind of in that range that he could get that fight. I don't know. I kind of like the I like the enthusiasm. I like the uh, the effort, the ambition. That's all we ask from these guys. Yeah, GC GC likes the call out. He just didn't like the way he called him out. Where he's like, "Oh, I'll go knock him out." He goes, "But you didn't knock out this guy." <laughs> so to, to be fair, fair, Francisco Prado might be better than Patty Pimblett. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i want to obviously modestus bakaskis what a what a freaking story he has been uh throughout his career comes back big underdog as, as the lines open they close out a little more even and dude fought his ass off gets a big win over tyson pedro so hold on back let's in not let's not gloss over that can you tell his full story because you told it on the watch party and it, it was it's an incredible story frankly so Obviously, we all know what happened. He fought Khalil Roundtree, got oblique kicked, and, I mean, he was badly injured. So he get he has knee surgery. He's released from the UFC, and I think I spoke with him, like, a week later. And he was not himself. I've been talking to Modestus Pekoskis for years. Very happy, very jovial, uh, just a very positive person in the space. And that interview, which you can go back into the archives – and watch right now he's just not the same guy he's he's bummed out and you understand where he's coming from he's hurt got his ufc shot he's always wanted to get there from cage warriors got there goes one and three has the tough loss to cleo roundtree has the knee surgery he thinks he's gonna and he vows to come back to the ufc he's ready to go he's on the road to recovery then the surgery doesn't go well and he has to get a second surgery has no surgery along with that so he had, for years, this big dry erase whiteboard, and he wrote down all of his career goals on it about, you know, want to do this in the UFC, do this, do this, do this. And it's been filled for years. And after the second surgery, when he wasn't mobile or couldn't do anything, he actually took an eraser and erased everything. And it was just a blank dry erase board again. And then from there, he just got into a really dark place. He was drinking almost every single day just to escape from reality of what his life was and gets a second surgery, works with a physio, doing physical therapy, and slowly but surely, he starts to get mobility in his leg. He starts to gain a little more confidence. 
And then the cap comes off the marker. Goals start going back on the board. He's ready to get back. Gets the fight with Cage Warriors. Admittedly not his best performance. Gets a decision win. Comes back six weeks later to fight for the vacant light heavyweight title. The title that was his that he never lost because he got the UFC call. Looks fantastic. Gets a brutal fourth round knockout. And he thinks there's a very good chance I get this call again. So his manager calls him up and said, and he thinks it's the call. And his manager says, well, Cage Warriors booked you a title fight for March. And he's like, ah, damn it. Well, I guess I'll have to keep climbing the ladder. And then later on that same day, he gets a FaceTime from his manager, Jason House. And Jason House tells him, uh, basically says, what do you weigh? Weigh about 220. He goes, good, because you're fighting in Perth in two weeks. And it was just like, boom emotions everything happened and then the dude just shows up tonight and it was a very modestus bukakis kind of performance where he has kind of a tough first round turns it around weathers a little bit of an early storm and then just guts it out and grits it out very happy for that guy i mean that dude no matter what people said all the naysayers people who doubted him along the way and I saw it, he saw it, and a lot of other people saw it. The dude did it. He shot a lot of people up. He vowed to do something, and he busted his ass, and he did it. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. So I wanted to make sure that was said. Good for him. Congratulations to Medes Pekoskis and for all the winners. What a story that is. Good for him. Incredible. The Baltic Gladiator. Good Incredible stuff. story. Very well told by Mike Hag. Good job, man. Thank you. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Uh, you know who else has stories to tell? The peeps. I'm sure the peeps have stories to tell uh, or questions to ask, which would be even better for a show like this one. Well, they so. have stories to tell. Uh, if if the comment section is anything like the presser's comment section, people have been telling themselves some stories about this fight. Did Casey, you guys how, know how that round comments? four? Did you guys know round four should have been a Volkanovski round? Oh, my God. <laughs> That was like a, a oft and loudly repeated comment in the pressers. Yeah. I love our I, comment I, section. They're the best. I am, I'm just going to put that takedown, that level change in round four on repeat. That was just, I can't get over how beautiful that was. That was just incredible. Would Islam have won if he didn't have a size advantage? If not, would that imply he's not pound for pound? If I had weird, that's I'd the, be a wagon. That's the debate. <laughs> that's the debate right like this this i feel like this fight has opened reopened like a really interesting maybe not even interesting i don't know that it's interesting it's just the debate about pound for pound right <laughs> it's like what it's like whatever the hell pound for pound actually is because i don't think anybody understands what pound for pound anymore is it, because i i'm i'm questioning it myself right because is it hey these two guys fought here's the result one beat the other or is it hey if these two guys were the exact same size and not just the exact same size for 10 minutes on a friday but like actually were the same size period how would they do because i think probably it's maybe the second but also they did just fight so we have a result for the first i i don't know i have no actual answer at this point it's it's your own i ran i ran a poll 
I ran a poll and I asked, who is the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world? Islam Mahachev, Alexander Volkanovsky, or other? What do you think the What do you think the results are? I think Volkanovsky. I think Volkanovsky is probably winning. Volkanovsky, fifty-three percent. Islam, thirty-seven percent, and ten percent with some others. Whoever those are, almost certainly going to be John Jones's. John Jones. I would would assume it's John Jones. Almost certainly uh, John Jones's. So even Volkanovsky with the loss. The uh, majority of our um, listeners out there still have Volkanovski, including myself. Actually, I bumped him up to number one, which I think is a bit. I, I didn't. I did not have him at number oh, one. Oh wait, you had Makachev number one. I had Makachev number That's one. That's right. And I actually put Volk. Wow. Volk lost the wow, fight. Wow, I forgot about up. that when I was looking at our ranking sheets. Yeah, he went up. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, am, am, wow. am I crazy? Am I crazy? I don't know. Casey, you are an endless basket of curiosities, curiosities and mysteries, my friend. I will never I'm understand still thinking your, about your brilliant mind. Casey. But yeah. I had Volkanovsky at my number one spot for four minutes and 22 seconds. And I was like, I just can't. Like, I just can't. I just can't. Like, Makachev won. Like, he won the fight. And you could argue he won it four rounds to one. Uh, I scored a three to two. I mean, I, I don't want to duck. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, th- I had Makachev three pound for pound, and I bumped Makachev to one and dropped Volk to two. So I didn't, like, switch them. Um, but you can make a case for both guys. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I don't think anybody lost anything mm-hmm. in this fight. Here, here's here's what makes this, so, this fight in this dichotomy so bizarre, right? It's because... Who won? Islam won. Islam obviously yeah. won. I think any reasonable person will say Islam won. Who do you come away being more impressed by? I come away feeling more impressed by Alex. So like that's I think the the weird split that we now have with this debate. Yeah. Well, kind of I guess where where I had them in my mind before the fight compared to after the fight. Yes, I would agree. I I put it like this. I know this is a bit of an extreme example, but you put Demetrius Johnson against Francis Ngannou in a fight. Francis Ngannou wins, but he only wins a 3-2 decision. I would still put Demetrius Johnson has a higher that. has a higher pound for pound fighter. That's basically an extreme, more of a, a ridiculous version of this fight. And in terms of my ranking, does that make sense? Makes yeah, sense. I think it's okay. fair. I'm considering doing it. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm going to get there. I don't think I'm going to get there. <laughs> I want to get there, but it just I don't know. It's tough, man. I'm interested in where everyone's going to have Volkanovski ranked in the lightweight rankings. No one's going to have him ranked in lightweight. I don't, have I don't think anybody's going to have him on. ranked in lightweight. He's not going to stay. If he, if he if he came out and said, "Hey, I'm going to stay here and do this," then I would I would rank him I'd somewhere put him probably. Two. But I put him number um, two. I mean, that's fine. Totally, like that's an so, absolutely so, so, thing. So Volkanovski tonight is the second best light heavyweight. Light, sorry, lightweight in the world. But he's not ranked. No. If, if he at the if he at the end of this night was like, you know what, f this, I should have won this fight. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to work my way back up. I give away my featherweight belt. I'm a lightweight now. I would rank him at lightweight, and I would put him probably at number two because this was just as close as anybody has ever come to, to beating mm-hmm. Islam. Okay, so he's, he's a second. Second, okay. Yeah, that's it's just it's it's why I don't like these sorts of fights because. Look, this shouldn't be like a a major factor, but I want it to be noted. Uh, Maybe it's not about this conversation, but the he dared to be great has always irked me like throughout history of like, well, no shit. He's a professional fighter and like 
every single not person. That's there. like, well, of course, everyone's trying to do that. And and this is the this is why, because it is entirely he dared to be great and did this. And this was apparently a no downside fight for him. Like he No, if, that's not true. That's if, so not if, true. If what we are saying or and it's not how that's going to work out, I think, by the looks of it, but it may still work out. We're like Volkanovsky had the chance to become the greatest fighter in the history of the world. And by losing, he still is just the number one pound for pound. And, and we're like that, that feels wrong. That, like there should not, be some negative stakes somewhere in a fight, I feel like. And it doesn't seem like that's happening here. But the thing is, is, you're painting it as if it, there's two actual potential outcomes, right? One is that the one we got and one is that, you know, he comes to the greatest fighter of all time. There is another outcome where the the very narrative that you were talking about for weeks plays out and Volk comes out and just gets absolutely effing demolished mm. and doesn't even look remotely competitive. And suddenly we're talking about this was the guy. This was the number one pound for pound guy. And at that See, point, I don't he, think at that point hold on, hold on, hold on, because at that point he can never get that back. Like whatever level of mystique he carried into this fight, and I still like feel like he comes out of it with because he performs so above expectations for everybody. If he comes out and just gets subbed in 50 seconds, like he is never, ever, ever getting that back. That level of just like, oh, this is an unbeatable dude. Like he had to he had to meet somewhere in the middle where he surpassed what I think a lot of people thought he could do while still not getting the job done to, to get this weird middle ground that we're now at. See you might be right. I'm not willing, I'm not here to say that you're wrong. I don't I think that that is not how it would go. I think if Islam did what like I said he was going to do, the narrative would entirely be holy shit Islam is that guy. Like Islam is just unbelievable and Volk would be like, "Oh, well, he's a featherweight, but he tried. Good effort on him." And so it's Yeah, but he wouldn't be getting ranked pound for pound number 1 at that point. That's which I guess what I'm saying. Like that that he wouldn't be getting that credit from people. No, maybe not. For sure. I'm completely with you on that. And we've talked about this too, Jed. Like if that happened, we'd be – sure, we'd be praising Islam Makachev. We'd be like, damn, the dude did it. But on the same token, we'd also be – we would also think about it the way you thought about it if that were the case. Oh, this is the stupidest idea. They should have never done this. (laughs) It would have been like just a negative aftermath feeling. But in the end, I think like instead of being divisive and mad about it, I think we like everybody gained something. Like the UFC gained something. The crowd was on fire. Volk stock rose. Makachev stock rose. Questions are answered by Volk. Questions were answered by Makachev. It's a great fight. A fight that's going to age well. I mean, what? The, like, what's anybody complaining about? I I, I don't understand. That, that like, Volk this is won. the best case scenario. That's what a lot yeah. of people are complaining is that Volk won. I I was yeah. I'm shocked how many Sorry, people think dude. Volk won. Like, like a lot of so am I. I'm I'm not shocked. People like Volk more, and and I think the crowd also played into it. Oh, 100%. 100%. But the fourth – like I said, like people were talking about he won the fourth. What are you talking about he won the fourth round? Maybe round two is, is the swing He round. did nothing, Mike. He did nothing with the back control. Oh. <laughs> sure, he, he had, had a <laughs> But he did nothing I mean, with it. He uh, didn't advance the position to super back mount. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we agree that this is probably the front runner for fight of the year like this is the at least the oh, tone yeah. setter. this is the tone setter and you're gonna have to beat this now like this is the yeah. one until you somebody well as far as i yeah because 
a main event, super the, the highest stakes you can have basically in the sport. And yeah, unless the there's tension. some crazy, yeah. The tension all have, the way through was tremendous, right? Like yeah. midway through, it was goosebumps constantly. Feeling at the edge of your seat, felt feeling like something could happen at any moment. Was this? What a, if we just keep building, right? Because two eighty three was like the tone setter for Friday of the Year. We knew it wasn't going to be it, but it was still like a really compelling, fun main event. And now we get this, and then we get Jones gone, and then Usman Edwards. Like, what if we just keep going up, oh. and this year kicks all the ass? That would be cool. Oh my god. Because all of those could happen. happen. Like you, you can know, tell you know, you just did. You just, you just that point, this is like the tenth worst fight of the year or tenth best fight of the year. Like, ooh, god, uh, we had a historic year. You know what we're doing right now? We're just doing one of those things. Like, ain't no way this fight's going to decision. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we just did. <laughs> we're, right. we're about to we're about to live in the world in a world where Valentina Shevchenko Alexa Grasso is the third best fight of the year. Just put that. <laughs> put but but the way this year is going, that's where we're at right now, my friends. That the seems unlikely. I gotta say, that seems unlikely. Hey, listen. Hey, man. I mean, the so front time was stand until someone's yeah, winning a exactly. fight against Valentina too. It's unlikely yeah. until it happens. Yeah. I mean, who was the front runner before this? Sabaha Masi and Brennan Ward. Uh, one of the road that to UFC really fights fight. from last week. No, they were. were they were. Yeah. They definitely were. Moreno Figgy was fun yeah. for as long as it lasted. Yeah. Main event double. Uh, yeah. This this fight had it all. Yeah. Um, was this fight? If it was in the same year, is this better than Yeri versus no, Glover? No, no, no. God, get out of here. No, not no, even. Uh, no. No. Okay. Nope. Just nope. Just no. Just, nope. 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 <laughs> nope. No. No. Jeez. I didn't think nope. so either. I'm just. I, I, you guys were like, so high like, on this fight. I thought maybe I was. There crazy. are maybe three fights that are better than Yuri Glover. Maybe. All right. All right. Yeah. All right, all right. How dare you? How all right, dare moving you? on. I love. Hey, I love Yuri. I'm. I'm. I, I run the Yuri fan club. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else we got? What else? I lost it with the question. I just had it. Uh, oh yeah. Given Islam's performance tonight, is his potential run at well at welterweight seem harder now with guys like Usman, Edward, Shemaev, etc.? Jed, I know you love this question. I know you love it. Right after Volkanovski moved up to 155, that immediately we're talking about Islam moving up to 170. <laughs> I'm not jogging I, on the question. I'm just saying. I I, no, I, no. I know how you're feeling about this. There was a moment in the post-fight presser where I was going to throw something because I thought Islam was about to be like, well, I just beat the pound-for-pound fighter. Let me go for a second belt, and I was going to lose my mind. Um, I don't know. I think that it does damper that somewhat, but I'm not sure that that's fair uh, because early on I thought – and I want to rewatch the fight again um, to kind of have a more complex view of it. Early on, I thought that the biggest difference in the fight or the the biggest trouble Volkanovski was able to provide was the speed. He's pretty clearly faster than Islam in there, um, and that was giving Islam trouble early. He found his timing later and really started to land with that, and that helped a lot. But when Volk could just be faster and dart in and out and cut angles, that was tougher for him. That won't be the case moving up, certainly, but... um, I don't the, he he did not just run roughshod over Volk with with strength and power like I thought would happen and that is 
a concern going up to welterweight. I, I don't, I never was super into him moving up in general because he is not an enormous lightweight. He is certainly a big one. I'm not here to say he's not, but he's not as big as Habib was. Um, and I don't want, I, I don't think he would do very well against Hamzat Shemaev, like, or Shavkat Rachmanov. I think those would be horrifically bad fights for him. So just stay in your lane, guys. It, your lane is great. You can just be in it and you can motor on down the road and you can try and get three title defenses because almost nobody's done that. And then you can try and get four and you can just stay at lightweight and it'll be awesome. That's it. That's the thing, right? It's because like lightweight, pretty much like heavyweight, like there is a road there to just being the best ever in the UFC. And it's all like like Islam is already one third of the way there, kind of, you know, like legitimate it, question for you on that. Is there what what does Islam have to do to have that title? Because I am I oh, think he Habib. has to okay. do a so lot with Habib's shadow there. But that is, which is that's but that's tough. the thing that we've talked about in other pods and other shows, right? Where like Fedor, Fedor leaves when Fedor's at the crest of his run right after the, the Arlovsky thing. He's considered the goat of all time forever because he's just been unbeatable for for all these years, right? Like Habib left at the peak. Aldo could have left at the peak and then be considered in the in a way very different than he is considered now. So that's the that's the thing that's difficult to reconcile with Habib. Um, Successful Islam, professional boxer Jose Aldo. Thank you very much. Hey there. Uh, is Islam probably needs to stack up some numbers to get to that conversation but i think it's doable for him right like we just talked about it like who's who's at lightweight right now that really scares you a ton like would it shock you if he got five if he gets well, five and the next closest the is three is it five like i don't four i don't think works i think four, four i don't think enough. we'll get it but i think once he starts hitting, five gets if he would hit five then we start having actual conversations is it simply it. numbers or does it is it so. need dominance too because that's why i always think that's why well, I, I always i think both both yeah, okay both. Because that, that's when people talk about Habib and everything. I was like, it's the, to me, it's not the numbers. It's the dominance. It's like he just won every minute. So, he had um, one close fight in his career. Yeah. It was Gleason T. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that man was a building. It is hard yeah. to shoot a double egg on a building. <laughs> Have you ever tried to take down your house with a, with a freaking single egg running the pipe? Doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, a couple more. Uh, go, a couple more, yeah. Yeah, go more. Uh, I'm losing my, my vision's going crazy. I can't see anything. So it's like, pretty late. Yeah. It's pretty. Um, oh, just just some positivity. I like this. Hey, thank thanks, you. my guy. Cool. My First guy time Kawhi. tuning in. It's a great yes. name. Thank you, my guy. Kawhi. First time tuning into one of these post fight shows. Great commentary. Well done, guys. Tonight. Thank you much. Thank you. Uh, uh, another comment, but do you see any truth to this comment? Volk created the blueprint for beating Islam. Mm, Did he? Maybe. Maybe a tiny bit in facets of the game, but I don't know that lightweights can – a lot of lightweights can replicate what Volk did tonight. What would be the blueprint? Just being – I think there are yeah, like you guys. <laughs> you know, I think there are things like you, tricks that you guys like have mentioned earlier on, and we've mentioned in the show even that I think people are starting to figure out the Dagestani wrestling style just a tiny bit, just in terms of different ways to approach it, counters, transitions, etc., escapes. Um, so maybe there's a, a, a tinge of that there, but I mean, what lightweight's going to be able to do what Volk did, just in terms of the actual approach he had? Yeah, that's the problem. I- I don't think that this is true in general 
to to the extent that here's how you do it, but I think he did show ways to attack it. The problem is building on it because Volk did not win. So that is he didn't show a blueprint to victory because he didn't get the victory. And also being able to replicate it, like you you can have the right game plan and it can still fail for any number of reasons. And so but I, I think we're closer to that defeat than we've ever been. So and honestly, maybe it's Volk in a year and a half or something. Maybe we do it again and Volk has, makes adjustments and there we go. That could God. be the case. I got to say, I haven't thought about the idea of that, but just you even saying that, if that were to play out, that would mean a couple of things, right? That would mean Volk went back to featherweight. He beat Yair, probably beat uh, an Arnold Allen, probably beat maybe a potentially an Ilya Taporia or a Movsari Vloyev. And that means Islam has continued at lightweight, and he probably has two more title defenses at that point, if not three, and is either tied for being the greatest UFC lightweight champion of all time or is the greatest UFC lightweight champion of all time stat-wise. And if they then met at that point, at those pinnacles, of each other's career in this rematch of this fight that was incredibly close already once. Oh boy. And that was always that's, a problem. That's magic. That's magic and, right there. And that was always kind of the bit of the problem for me with this fight. It's not but is the timing wasn't right for this mm. fight. It was in, in terms of because like, like they meet in two years and they both continue that win streak in their own divisions, then it is the true like super duper duper fight. And also being pound for pound, no one versus two. So I mean, because they just kind of both kind of recently got one versus two. But and, I mean, I'm, dude, Dana didn't even freaking Dana didn't even freaking show up for this fight. It's supposed to be the best fight well, ever. He didn't I mean, freaking he had, show up. He had for a lot it. of he had a lot of power slap to promote, man. Like, yeah, yeah, on, yeah, the man's yeah. busy. All uh, right, but like. But uh, but to, I will say, uh, to me, the timing for this did work because it did feel like both divisions were in weird places where we didn't really have a next guy up who wow. was super obvious. And you can <laughs> throw out respect. You, you can throw out Benil Dariush, but he literally spent his entire post pipe you know, interview being like, I'm, I'm going to fight 10 more that, people. That, that, I'm that, sorry, that's what all matters he did that, was beat a top five guy and he's on an eight fight win streak, that, but that's that, not clear cut <laughs> enough for contender. That 15 second Rude. post fight interview is what decides everything. Ah, well, it certainly, I mean, it certainly didn't get Islam's attention because as soon as Islam won the belt, he handed the mic over to Habib, who then called out Volkanovsky to get into the octagon. They didn't call out Benny Dariush in that moment. They called out Volkanovsky, which to me was actually brilliant. One, because of this pound for pound discussion and getting that to take that spot, even if it's just for a moment. And two, realistically, outside of like a Connor fight, or like, the biggest fight for him, realistically, at that very moment, was this one. Mm. It was this fight. Well, so, it, was certainly, it was certainly bigger than Benil Dariush, but that will be the case 100%. for all of time. Yeah. No, <laughs> so. like, no, I don't know. Like you said, though, you, you had a really good point on this show where if, if Benny goes out there and just beats Charles in a way that's pretty impressive – this gets to. I feel like this isn't. It's not going to be it? some giant fight. It's not going to be some giant fight, but it will be a very good fight that people are anticipating at that point. Well, I was about to say, does it? Because if he beats Charles, he's you, he's going to do the same thing on the mic afterwards. He's going to no shout way. out. He's going to no, shout no out way. a charity and Come say on. thanks, my lord and savior. He's not going to be interesting because it's not who he is. I, I have faith. I have faith in him. Me too. Well, <laughs> I, I still. I, I, I get what you're saying, but I still hate that so much of this freaking sport depends on that last 30 seconds. Not not all the freaking hours of training and training and all. It's just 
just who you call out afterward and know how much you stare at the camera and shake your finger. Entertainment, right. baby. Look at it's the whole I get package. it. I mean, that's, I know, I know, I know, I know. I have just, a question for you guys. Not for Casey, as Casey and I already talked about it. For you, Mikey, you, Sean. Uh, in this world where this super fight happens down the lo- road, right? Um, are you at all concerned or um, does it rub you at all the wrong way that in this scenario, Volk would essentially be winning featherweight title fights or featherweight fights to earn a lightweight title shot? You get the one, you get the one champ champ, but if he just goes back down, wins three at featherweight, and then it's like, all right, I'm bumping back up, but I immediately get to get another lightweight title shot. Does that rub you wrong at all? Or are you just like, F it, it's totally cool? Uh, I wouldn't say that rubs me wrong because I don't know that that's the way I would frame it, right? It almost feels like at that point, if this was to happen again, it would be because both guys sort of cleaned out this next set of challengers for themselves. And then it would be like a very easy, like, okay, like neither of you kind of know what's next. Let's do this again type of thing. Like that feels like more like what that would be. But he yeah. will, inf- like, he would be getting two lightweight title fights without ever having won a fight in the weight class, which is some real, like, Conor McGregor-ish. <laughs> so it's, right. I'm but not saying also, it's all the way wrong, but it definitely irks me a little to think about it in that frame. Well, two things come to mind. One, Volk, Volk had been talking about fighting for the lightweight title, which, like you said, every fighter who is a champion right now has been asked – by a million different reporters, what it would be like to move up and fight for a second belt. Even if someone, like, was about to fight for a belt. Oh, if you win this fight, you're going to move up to 155 and fight for this? Like, that's just where the sport is right now. Volk didn't get on the mic. He was like, hey, Islam, let's go, after he beat Max Holloway. No, he's like, all right, line him up and I'll fight. Islam, like, Islam wasn't a champion at that point. So, so no, he didn't. Well, I'm just saying. I, I get your point. Yeah. Carry on. But Islam also called, Islam also called him out in that big moment, and Habib did too. You couldn't ignore it; it had to happen then. And I feel like if it happens again, Islam's going to call for it again. He's gonna be like, you know what? I killed everybody that I fought. The one dude that I didn't have that dominant win was this guy. Uh, my career's about to end, and I have the record and all this stuff. There's one thing I have left to do. And it's convincingly beat this Alexander Volkanovsky guy. So, Volk, let's go. You want to do the rematch? Let's do it now. I think that's the only way it happens, honestly, is if both guys want it and Islam sort of pushes that narrative forward himself. If Islam's the one doing it, then I have less problems with it. But also, let me throw this out there. What if he just fights some lightweights because it would be dope to watch Alexander Volkanovsky fight Dustin yes. Poirier. Pulls an Anderson Silva, really, baby. It would just be yes, really and cool. Anderson and we Griffin. could just do that. <laughs> and then he actually has a win over a top 10 lightweight and it would be really cool for everybody. Let me let me just throw out a hypothetical here. Or an interim if, lightweight title. If, if we had not had the last lightweight title fight and the Volk that showed up tonight was fighting Charles Oliveira, would we be talking about a champ champ? Probably. Yes. I think so, probably, right? I don't know. Yep. It's so different, but I I always thought that Oliveira was like the best matchup for Volk in the lightweight division. So I would have picked him in that fight, and I think it would have shown. Same. Yeah. Chaos doesn't I'm work a, on Volkanovsky. I'm a, 
No, that's what no, it Charles Oliveira does. Chaos is not a super effective strategy against him, so it's, it's All right. tough. All right, last question. Last question. It can be simple yes or no answer. No. 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 Uh, for the pod listeners, it's asking Volk versus Habib. Would Volk win? Yeah. I bet I bet the pod I don't know, dude. I don't know. Zero. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think Islam is Why would like, that be any different? I think Habib, Islam is a worse fighter than Habib. Yeah. Habib like, was a better clearly. version of Islam. You think what was the <sighs> athleticism? Like he just the, the athleticism is the the most defining part of it for me, Casey. Like Habib was it is never talked about enough. He was a legitimate athlete, like top four five guys in the world athlete competing in mma and a lot of his game like all of the parts that we say "Ooh, islam is a more technical version of habib that's all because islam has to be because he is not a supreme athlete whereas habib's like yolo i can throw this right hand like the speed of lightning and just blow your doors off i don't have to be all that good like that's and that's it to me like islam caught Alex a couple of times I hope he would hurt him with that in a much more dangerous way I think oh, alright 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 I also I just the way he fights too Islam never and it's a, it's a strength to him like it, he has such great defensive metrics because he never gets over his skis he got hit 70 times and that's the most he's ever been hit by like a lot also, funnily enough, that's like the least Volkanovski's ever hit somebody Wait. in a fight that went to a decision yeah. by like a lot. <laughs> um, Habib didn't do that. Like he would be defensively responsible at some points, but also like you saw him fight Justin Gaethje. He said, screw it, dude. This guy can't hurt me. Like he can hit me a bunch. I'm just going to get on him and see what goes down. I would have loved to have seen Makachev try and do that a little bit more and just throw caution to the wind and get rough and see how it, how it shook out. I think Habib would do it, and it would have paid dividends for him. But this could also just be lionizing Habib because, you know, he's the GOAT. This is true. We're All good, right. gentlemen? Well, I think we're good. Ready? Fun Here night. Fun yeah. night. It was a really yeah. fun night. The really Aussies. Fun night. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. We needed Boy, it too. Oh, oh, oh. We've had some. We've had some weird ones lately. This is a good one. Yeah. I, I, I love yeah, the car have... that overperforms. I feel like the car yeah. overperformed. That's, that's, it that's, definitely. It's a good. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Spins. Hey. Spin zone. It was good that the UFC didn't promote it because now we're left <laughs> feeling great about it because <laughs> it wasn't super hyped. Though if it had been, it would have lived up to it. Hey, but the good news is we get to go back to the beautiful apex for the next two cards, which if you look at them right now, they are deep, stacked, and loaded. Whatever, that main okay. event next week is better now. It is better. It's going to rule. If you combine these next two cards, how deep of a fight card do you really have at that point? I, see, fight? Two, uh, I see two fights on next week's card that are um, acceptable. And um, two the week after, main event and Tatiana yeah, yeah, Suarez. If, if we, if no, we not the main event, it. but give me Tatiana Suarez and Andre Muniz is fighting the week after. Oh, so. uh, that's right. That's so, right. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, hey, we're gonna run Five. out of things to talk about. Five. We're gonna run things to talk about. We wasted <laughs> yeah. now. We're, we're not gonna, we have, we, have, we have preview shows. We buried the lead. Happy 40th birthday, Mike. That's Heck. right. Thank Let's you. Go. 
Thank you. Uh, and for my birthday present, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be joined by my best friend in about six and a half hours to do matchmaking Ooh. for this card. So join us for a live edition of Onsome next one at 11 a.m. Eastern. So thank you for watching. Thank you for watching all the coverage. Shout out to Jose Youngs, the real MVP on the other side of the world. For Casey, for Jed, for Shaheen Alshadi, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Love Happy you guys. birthday, Mike. Happy birthday, AK. Happy birthday, Mike. Oh, wait, Mike, Mike. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you too, AK. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.